Hello and welcome to Animal Wisdom Stories. I'm your host and my name is Miriam Thiel-Alberts. I'm an animal communicator, coach, writer and Reiki master. And at, it, at this point, I would like to thank Paul Luftenegger for the wonderful music at the beginning. Today, we have the lovely Yolanda Ellenberger here with us. Yolanda is an international acclaimed filmmaker, writer, energy healer, and soul worker with horses. And she comes from Switzerland. Hello and welcome, Yolanda. Hello, Miriam. It's, nice to talk to you. <laughs> it's so nice to have you here. And uh, I am very excited to talk to you about your new documentary that has just been had, had its uh, premiere in Napa Valley. Um, you just told me you just came back from California from the premiere. How did the premiere go? And um, maybe we should say the, 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 uh, um, the name of the documentary as well. <laughs> <clears throat> the name of the documentary um, is High Sensitive Youth in the Horse Heart Space. And um, I know it's a very special title and we looked at different titles and I made a survey with the participants and they really liked that um, one the best because it really tells everything that what the film is all about well this kind of leads me to the next question what is the film all about um the film is actually about high sensitive youth as it says in the title and also <clears throat> the parallels between those youth and the horses and horses as we know are high sensitives what's really special about it is it's about the youth adopted children and foster children who um, were like um, in a space in their lives where they felt like nobody wanted them, even if they got adopted, because the roots of, of um, the parents, of the biological parents are just missing, they feel abundant. And that's really the same thing that happens to rescue horses. Rescue horses just feel like they were torn away from their families. Uh, they don't have the connection anymore to the roots. And they got passed around and they just feel like nobody wanted them. And so I'm just showing the parallels between the two beings, which are so precious and have their own voices. That is really amazing. And um, I have seen your film and it's really beautiful how you, um, how you show the sensitivity on both sides, you know, in these, these children that are trying to, um, change their lives you know they're trying to um yeah become have the roots or have the confidence that they're not abandoned and deal with that those those emotions and then you know with the help of the horses what you know i was wondering how did you i mean this is a very specialized um subject or like a little niche um, how did you how did you start this project? How did how did you get the idea of of doing this parallel between the high sensitive views and the high sensitive animals, the horses? <laughs> so the way I'm working is because I'm an intuitive and I'm also a high sensitive person. I always get like from from the spiritual world. I always um, get shown topics that they get brought to me in a, such a strong way until I see like, okay, okay, I'm going to do this. And um, regarding high sensitivity, because I'm a high sensitive, 
and you always feel a little bit different and lost when you don't have teachers, mentors who have been in the same um, situation. You're, you have such an, uh, an incredible awareness of things like horses do too, mm -hmm. like animals have where you sense things, you hear things in a much more profound way. And sometimes it's, you feel like overwhelmed because it's too much. Like if you're in a crowd, huge crowd of people, and you, you start to think like you don't belong to this world. Mm -hmm. And But what actually is, is when you're, which Melissa Schwartz, for example, in the movie, the 22-year-old, um, she's a high sensitive, she's even more high, high sensitive than I am because she really uh, is so sensitive that when, when, when it gets too rough, like with, with people where you go to a concert or whatever, um, she needs to, to, to leave. Mm -hmm. I can, I learn to just go into crowds as long as it's, it's a good vibration that I can shut off certain noises. Um, mm -hmm. as, like I said, as long as it's harmonious, when it gets, when it gets uh, aggressive, I need to leave too. That's just, uh, then it's too much for me. And so this topic got brought to me and I actually wanted to go to California already in March, but then it just didn't, the time didn't feel right. And so I made um, a meditation. I kept on working on the ideas and um, I did a meditation, which uh, Jeffrey Allen um, teaches so well, where you really attract the kind, the right kind of people mm -hmm. um, in horses and landscapes for for my film, and uh, soon enough, sure enough, uh, just a few weeks later, I get an email, and um, the person, the curator from the film festival where he showed the film, received an email from a person from the Pony Express Ranch, Linda Aldrich, and she asked for my contacts because mm -hmm. she wanted to show my foal film, the mm -hmm. first film that I did, um, The Freedom of the Heart, uh, the, the foal story. And she wanted to use that for the fundraiser, for the Pony Express. And the Pony Express is the one that does, um, like, um, it's like an equine assisted skills for youth. Mm -hmm. And it's really a very special program. And the time frame she set for the fundraiser was so wonderful that I said, sure, I'd like to donate my film. And if you don't mind, I'm going to join you. And we can do Q&As together. Mm -hmm. And then I told her about the idea about my new film, and then we could just um, do that at the same time. And all of a sudden, everything just kind of like got into place. I got in touch with Lisa Walters uh, to talk about bringing science into the explanation mm -hmm. of the healing and high sensitivity of the horses and what happens with humans. I... Um, it, Melissa Schwartz, I found through research through the internet by mm -hmm. just um, Googling um, high sensitivity and mm -hmm. I got in touch with her. I called her up and she was right. She said like, oh, that's wonderful. I'm, I'd love to be part of that. And, and then I still wanted to have somebody from the psychological side. And then I um, wrote to the shift network, which I know in California. And I asked them um, if they would know anybody who does like, who is a, um, a psychology with a license, a licensed psychologist, uh, who has also experiences with horses. Mm -hmm. And um, Sarah Wilson was just in touch with uh, the 
shift network. And so, and she's from Texas, Tyler mm-hmm. Point, Texas. So they gave me her contact and I contacted her and she was totally interested in the project. And we wrote back and forth a few times and we called each other. And after the phone call, it was just clear and we just had to find the right date to do the filming. And it actually happened all very, very fast. <laughs> that sounds amazing, actually. When you talk about high sensitivity in your own life, is this something that you've known for a long time? Or did you just, um, you know, how did you feel as a child? You, you, you mentioned earlier that you felt a little bit uh, different. How, how was that like? I mean, how did you feel? In, in a certain way, I, I knew as a child already that um, healing and, and being a healer is something that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And I would go to like Bible school and I wouldn't be forced to go there. I wanted to go there as a very small child. And I always loved when, when uh, the teacher talked about Jesus healing people. And that just mm-hmm. fascinated me. And I was like, I want to do that too. That's just something that is so beautiful. And that was so... I, it was just beyond magic. And um, my high sensitivity would show, for example, I would go to elementary school and the teachers would tell me something. And because I'm a, um, I, I can feel like, like information. It comes to me like words. Mm. So when they would talk to me, I would look into their eyes and I would feel the subtext and, 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 and say like, well, I was thinking that. I just looked into their eyes and I felt like, okay, you adults tell me this, but what you actually want to say is that. And I didn't mention that, but people sometimes would send me home because from school because they felt like I looked right into their soul and, and, and that made them um, insecure. And so I got punished for that. So, <laughs> Do you know what? It is so good for me to hear this because I've had the same experience when I was younger. <laughs> and um, I know that you went to film school as well. Um, I went to film school in, in Hamburg and I had this really extreme reactions from my, from my colleagues there, you know, from the other students, just because of that, because I was looking at them and I could feel what they were hiding. I could see what people were hiding. And um, I didn't know that this is not something that everybody can do or everybody, you know, has the ability to feel this. Um, so this is like kind of, and people react quite you know, if I say violently, this is too much, but, you know, they react quite um, strongly to that. So it's, it's, and it's something, you know, in my opinion, it's something that we don't really talk about a lot, you know, high sensitivity. I mean, I think that in the, in the States, it starts to be, you know, a subject or topic that is, you know, talked about in schools and in education. Here in Germany, I have not really heard anybody talk about high sensitivity and you know when you when you look at the elementary school or school system you know in general a lot of the children I think could be high sensitivity you know high sensitive and they're not unruly they're not trying to disturb everything so um yeah I think it's absolutely yeah and you know, like when we speak about high sensitivity, Melissa Schwartz, she's only 22 years old, but she is so, she has such wonderful knowledge and she does coaching of infants and high sensitive children together with her mother for quite a few years. And they do it actually, they do consulting um, worldwide. 
And um, what she also says in the film, I learned a lot. Everybody, all the adults said, we learned so much through Melissa, in, uh, just through the film when she explained high sensitivity. Mm. And um, it, it's so true. It's like when you are taught tools, how to deal with it in our society as a high sensitive, it's a gift. If you're just right, a high right. sensitive by, by fault, you're going to be lost because yeah. so many times you're just so overwhelmed. Nobody understands what you're going through. They might um, medicate you mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, for, for something that's a gift, you know, like they, they lay you low with, with, with uh, pharmaceuticals instead of trying to find out tools. And, and many times it's meditation. Mm-hmm. to really bring the gifts out and at the same time keep you in a safe spot because the topic also in the film is high sensitive and the name is empaths, right? Mm-hmm. So with empaths, I felt you have to be very careful because many times people think, well, when you're an empath, it's like an excuse. You know, people who are not as high sensitive, if you're like, well, you're just using it as an excuse to be extra special in something. But what Melissa really says so well in the movie is, High sensitivity is not good. High sensitivity is not bad. It mm-hmm. just is. And that's so important to know. Do you think that your high sensitivity or being high sensitive brought you to horses? I know that you have horses yourself and you've probably been um, riding for a while in, in your life. So do you think that this was something that sort of, you know, naturally brought you to the horses? It is possible like in that. I, I actually have a really fun story about this. I, I always wanted to be with horses, but then we couldn't afford it when I was young. And when I was 15, I actually had a chance through an uncle who had a girlfriend and she had a horse. And so mm-hmm. I, when I was 15, I had the chance to really get to know horses. And um, my high sensitivity always showed me that I have an incredible close connection to any animal. Mm-hmm. I could go with like a guinea pig and walk out <laughs> in the forest and she would follow me all free. <laughs> and you know, you have a very special bond with your, with your horse, Rosita, isn't that's yes. true, isn't it? Yeah. And I have the animal wisdom message from Rosita for us today. So, um, <laughs> so let me, I am going to read it because it's very important for me that I find the right words, you know, to, to pair up with the messages that I get, the, the energy of the messages. So I will read it for you, for everybody. So Rosita is a horse that lives in Switzerland, close to Bern, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's, it's on 1,000 meters elevation. And it's, okay. um, the canton is called Jura. It's the youngest canton right. in Switzerland. So. Rosita is living in the mountains. And um, when I connected with her, this is what she said. I asked her what she would like to share with us. And Rosita said, I'm bringing you light in this dark season. Darkness is not to be afraid of. It is a time to go within and reflect. And what you find within is you, the essential you. And it is full of beauty and magic. We horses know how beautiful you are inside. Sometimes you don't know this yourself. And we're here to remind you, you are beautiful. Oh, this is so (laughs) incredible. Thank you, Miriam. Thank you, Rosita. 
see that's that's part of why i so much love to be especially with horses because i had rosita came into my life um she was actually in my heart already before she was born mm -hmm. and she came into my life uh when she was six months old i just had a look at her and i just knew that we just connected our souls we're soulmates we just connected and ever since then now she's six and a half years old and she's so incredible she's always been living in a herd that was my prerequisite uh, I, that was my wish i said like if i want to have um, a horse come to me i can only do that if if i find a place where she can live in a in her natural family mm. and um and rosita is just when coming back to your message she's Full of surprises i know her so well for quite some time and yet there is always new and new and new to discover with her she is my my mentor she helps me even in our film i i also filmed her herd mm -hmm. um, and um sarah wilson the animal communicator uh with a um, horse heart and soul herd she said when she saw rosita in the movie theater uh, she just could tell that Rosita was the one who really grounded the film. And so I, it's just so wonderful. She's so amazing. <laughs> How do you have like an animal wisdom story with Rosita? Something that um, where maybe your, your life has changed because, because of her presence? Is there something that you would like to share with us? I mean, she continues to change me and affect me all the time. And um, she's just really part of my breath. I know this sounds really uh, crazy, but it's just, it's like she and also Sharmus, Sharmus, who is one year younger, mm -hmm. um, they, they're like my pillars. They're just always, uh, wherever I go, they're just on by my side even if they're not there but spiritually with their souls if they're spirit they're with me and um rosita surely keeps on reminding me every time i think of her or see her to really get back into the center of my own being mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and to really be more in the moment and especially also to enjoy life more like what she said to bring light into the dark dark um areas and uh she is she changed me in so many ways she she changed me to be more generous in thinking in um she makes me aware of like nutrition because she is very sensitive to certain foods so i have okay. to be very careful with her so she made me aware of that too and um but as you know because you connected with her once <laughs> before mm -hmm. When I asked you if you could do a, um, a reading with her, she really enjoys food. <laughs> 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 and she told me I need to do that more so too. So that's funny. I thought okay. that was really... So there's, there's, you know, I believe there's always this parallel, what you also talked about, the parallel between, um, you know, how the children, the foster children were feeling and the horses and bringing those together and I always think that, you know, horses mirror us or we mirror them. I don't know, but it's, it's like um, when we go into this, into their aura, into their space, into their heart space, I don't know how to call this, into this energy field, you know. Um, and by just being with horses, this is my experience, 
is that it, something changes. You align with these, with these energies and something changes inside after that deep connection. Um, but you said that you're, you're a soul worker with horses. Is this something, because I know that you want to raise awareness um, with your films. So is this something that, that goes hand in hand, making the films and working on the soul level with, with horses and humans? Absolutely. Absolutely. For example, what's really so special, I like being um, aware of, of, of the communication with the soul and spirit, body, mind and soul is, for example, when I do, I do also live shows with horses where mm -hmm. I do educational parts and um, show show elements. And then also with the documentaries that I've done, horse documentaries. Horses really want to give their voice to, the, to my films and also to the live shows because they're, they're really, they, they, um, they're, they're ready for it. For example, when I got to Texas and Sarah Willison already told her, her two days ahead of time that I'm coming, like they could hardly wait to get their messages out like Tara, the Mustang. <laughs> she was really going back and forth. It's like, come on, come on, put up that tripod, put up that camera now. I'm ready for you. So when I, because I, I read that, it's not just a gesture and I try to interpret that. It comes so mm -hmm. clearly over and you see it in the film. And then she yeah. comes up and then Sarah stands next to her and Sarah starts to introduce Tara and where she comes from. And then um, she, she listens to, uh, she writes down the messages she receives Sarah from, from Tara. And, and then Tara talks about it. It's just an incredible connection. And particularly with her, I felt that I'm a wild one too, you know? Mm -hmm. She is a wild horse that uh, was really hurt in, in, in her space area. She, she got violated in, in her own space. And um, she finally found the way to Sarah's herd where she can really express herself. She can live with other horses in peace and in harmony. And um, that's, that is so, so special. And the camera captures that. The camera, people mm. laughed in the movie theater. Once she would, you know, when she talked about space, she would show like with her head, she was nudging Sarah yeah. to show the space. And Sarah explains that. And then she walks in front of the camera and people start cracking up because she shows, see, that's that space. When I just hit over the camera here, mm. <laughs> that's, that's violating space, right? But it, she does it in a very good way. And what's so interesting is about the horses, even though all these horses are rescue horses and they were violated in one way or another by us humans, they, they forgive us and they do not... They do not speak about like the past with revenge thoughts mm -hmm. or, or ideas. They are, they're talking about the healing process. Okay, I've been hurt here and that was a miscommunication and that was not all right. But I'm willing to bring in um, my way of voice if you are willing human to listen. And, and then they bring healing messages, like, like you just read from Rosita. Even though Rosita really is, is a blessed horse, like she, she's, I've known her, I know like where she was born. Um, she was born at a really beautiful place. She was loved and cared for until she was six months old. And ever she's gotten, she, she came to me, she has so much freedom. And I tried to, to work and be with her in the kindest way possible. And, 
but they, they do, the horses do want to bring messages of healing and not of like resentment. There's no resentment in it. I, I have to say that, you know, in all the uh, communications with animals, I have not had any animal speaking, you know, with anger or speaking with sort of, um, you know, what you're saying, revenge or, or something, you know, something bad happened. My experience is that, that animals don't like to speak about, you know, bad things that happened. That happened, they moved on, today they're here. And um, I actually decided, you know, sometimes people want to know where they, where their animals, how they've been hurt and where they've been hurt and what happened to them if they, if they rescue animals. And um, I decided not to do that anymore, to go back into that because I feel that it can re-traumatize uh, the animal by re-experiencing that. And I think that animals, it's much better to say, okay, what do you want me to tell, you know, what do you want me to know today? You know, it's sort of, and this is something that I feel that we can learn from the horses in particular or animals. They're very much in, we're here now. What yeah. Do yeah. Now, you know? Yeah. That is so, that is so interesting and so what I experience with animals also. And for example, we have a horse, her name is Domino, who's also in Sarah's herd. And she was born at the Primarin uh, farm, you know, Primarin, mm -hmm. where they do mm -hmm. the, the, the urine, they take the urine serum from, from the mares. And it's just really, it's, it's a very not beautiful thing. It's just, that's, that's violence. Yeah beyond any any words and she she um she was lucky that she didn't have to be like one of those mares then but mm. she got to other places where uh where she got then violated you have to imagine she is in the womb of a of a horse who is a mother who is constantly in stress right yeah and then she gets born and and um, I wanted, uh, I asked Sarah if we can add something maybe and ask Domino if she wants to say something about, about that violation that she already could feel in the womb of the mom. Mm. And then also afterwards when, when she came to various places where people wanted to ride her, but her nerve system was so delicate because okay. of that experience and that trauma. And Sarah said, she asked her and Domino really does not go back into that. Mm -hmm. She wants to move on, and that's exactly what you said. She really, she confirmed, she said, like, I do not want to go back into this. It happened, and I'd love to give messages to humans that will enlighten them in, in uh, different mm -hmm. areas. Yeah, that is, I think that is so beautiful. And it's, it's like, my, my, um, my wish is, also to sort of raise the awareness that there is this profound wisdom in animals and they are so happy and ready to help us to move forward. And this is something that not many people talk about and not many people do. And it's sometimes still a little bit like when you do get these messages and, and communicate with animals that people think it's a little bit like it's weird, you know, and, um, but there's so much beauty and, and wisdom in that that can help us and the foster children and, and people with the high sensitivity issues. So um, Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, like coming back to the foster children, that was so amazing. You have to imagine 
the children who uh, I'm just talking about the Pony Express Ranch now because that's what I filmed. They, the youth, they come to that ranch. They can, it's not a riding ranch. It's like mainly working with horses, doing also like um, ground for, uh, floor work. And then um, they can ride if they want to, but it's really like a one-on-one -on -one experience. And many of those youth, they don't talk. They have not learned to talk about their emotions. And what's so special about the Pony Express uh, farm with Linda Aldrich is Linda does not over um, overdo like therapeutic work. You know, like many times it happens that people think, adults think, professional think, well, we have to um, do therapy, therapy, therapy. But these kids, they can't just be the horses. And Linda tells them, they sh she shows her how to, how to do the basics with the horses, like what, what uh, concerns like their nature. But then she says, you don't need to talk to me. Talk to the horse about your feelings, how you feel today, how, what, what hurts you from the past, what makes you happy. The horse will listen. And these kids speak in front of the camera and they tell you about it. Mm. And these were kids that were not speaking and they can go and speak with uh, Linda afterwards if they want to or later or sometime. And some of them do and some of them don't. But for example, they, most of the kids that come there, they didn't even go to school. They dropped school. Mm -hmm. And after having been working one-on-one -on -one with horses at the Pony Express Ranch, they, they have a degree um, in high school. They, they mm -hmm. just, you know, they're going back to school and they're actually finishing it with, with um, really great grades. And they, when they speak in front of the camera, they are so honest about their feelings, even more honest than I feel I can talk about my feelings. And I'm not uh, uh, adopted or like a foster child, but they are so amazing about that. And it's so, it comes across as very pure and very clear. Mm. And also when we had the world premiere in, in Napa, and I really wanted to have it there, the film because I wanted to have that in the presence of the youth so they see in the film that um, their voices count and they can affect the world in the right. most incredible ways so it's just it's amazing and the horses really support them you see them in the interview some I have close-ups where you just sometimes have like one side of the face of the horse and the eye mimics and says like, yes, I agree. And yes, tell them. And yeah, I, that's exactly what, what's my story too. And, and they really, they support what the youth are, are talking about when, when I interview them in front of the camera. You know what I find always a little bit difficult, and maybe you can help me here with that, um, is it's very easy to see the results. You know, like you pair children or just, you know, people with horses and something changes. So you can see the changes, you know, like with the foster children, they, uh, when I saw the film, you know, when I saw these, these scenes, they are so open and so authentic. Um, so, but what, I mean, we can see there are changes, but what I find still a little bit difficult um, to understand or to, to tell people is, what happens and i don't know what your experience yeah. with that is. It, it's just like what happens in between you know with the energies i mean we can say it's all very nice and we get supported but do you i mean how do you explain this or what is your your view on that what happens right. 
in that. I period. actually, yeah, it, it's. I think it's a very, very important um, topic to talk about. I could already sense that for quite some time, um, what it does to me uh, to be in, in, this, in the horse heart space, but mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to put any words to it. And when I um, met Lisa Walters and mm -hmm. she had paired up uh, with the Heart Math Institute, California, and she wrote a, a book about, about um, exactly about the horse spaces, then I just, um, I found the words to that. And what she clearly um, says also in the film is that horses, and that's measurable scientifically, and that's why it's so important to have that on the side, because like you said, many times it seems so weird or so unreal, and so people don't believe in that. Um, there's always something happening, whether you are sad or happy uh, or, or, or like um, depressed, as soon as you step into the field of the horse, then something happens. And, and the horses, they, they live on a, normally, if they're not in a stress or flight situation, they're in a low heart frequency state. Mm -hmm. So the state that when we meditate, we go into this kind of state. And what the horses do want to do is as soon as we enter that space and we're like in another um, heart frequency, which is usually higher and not as low as theirs, they try to lower us into that space. And in that space, as we all know, when we do meditation, mm -hmm. that's where we start to heal, right? That's where we start to, to clear ourselves, to release, to, to see things in a very um, heartfelt, soul-felt way, how it's meant to be. Sometimes the time stands still. And that's what's happening, and it's actually measurable in HeartMath Institute, actually did um, a lot of measurements between humans. Mm -hmm. And then Lisa Walters took it to a different part and, and, and could show it actually together with her experiments uh, with horses together and, and the measurements there. And we showed it actually in the beautiful animation from the HeartMath Institute between humans, what mm -hmm. happens. And then we show, for example, Melissa, who is this high sensitive, she's the only person in the film who was not a horse person. That was fantastic. And she knows so much about high sensitivity and the tools and how to deal with it. Then we brought her first into the herd, um, the equisitory herd of Lisa Walters, mm -hmm. just to walk the field with them. And she already just started crying because it's just the horse's vibrations brought her into a spot where she remind, was reminded of a, a, a dog that she, she lost and, and, and that just brought up that feelings that obviously were still stored in her, in her memory and was not resolved yet, the loss of that dog. And then we did, um, we filmed Melissa in the horse space when we went into the ring and we had various horses which were led by people and she stood there, Melissa stood there with her eyes closed and the horses would be led to walk close by, stop for a moment, then they would walk away. Lisa, um, Melissa didn't know which horse was there or not there, but she could, as a high sensitive and as a person such can feel, she could feel so much the different vibrations the horses gave her, and she spoke about that afterwards. And again, she was, she was so... Um, she was 
so amazed what actually the horses brought up in her where she felt like she had already so much resolve in her life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and then she said, she, she realized, wow, the horses showed me, well, how about this part of you? You know, how do you feel about this part? Do you want to mm-hmm. look at it? Do you want to release it? And the most profound thing was when she was actually writing. And Melissa is a high sensitive who usually is afraid of leaving like um, the ground with her feet. She doesn't like heights. She doesn't like to dance and jump around a lot much. And then she, she said, no worries. I'm, I'm, I'm good. We can do it with the horses because I saw how the horses um, work so well with the, with the foster kids. So I want to try it. And again, she just started crying. She was so moved by what was happening. And that's because she really got connected. Then when you write them, you really connect. I know that from my own experiences. And, and, and there I can actually see energy that yeah, like your, your um, root um, chakra is just going right, right through the horses, right? So that's why it's so important that when you write or before you write to make sure that you're not going to, um, if you're aggressive, don't even try to sit on a horse because it's, it's not fair because that energy goes right into the horse. It goes right in the horse. So coming back like to the beginning is mm. you ask me, what do the horses do? But then again, also what we do with the horses, right? Mm. So when we actually go into a really wonderful space where we are willing to connect with them on the same heart frequency level, then we are healing one another. And they, they do want to do that. And you can feel it. For example, I do um, experimental riding myself in my horse. And Rosita, she really loves it that I ride her. And I can say it that way because I can also ride her without any tools. Mm. So there it's really total, um, you know, I have nothing to stop her. I, right now I do it in the ring and I do it a tiny bit when I feel like the herd is, is just calm. I can ride into a huge pasture with her without any tools on. Um, I can't go outside yet because we're not there yet. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> um, and also because we have roads with trucks and so on. So I don't want to put us into that kind of situation. But it's nothing that I need to prove. It's more like once you really get into that space of trust and heart connection and um, into that lower frequency, I can also feel what I call like the sacred geometry flowing Mm-hmm. through Rosita and myself and sometimes I see it too what happens and and those are the moments which which are really so incredible and the reason why I I can say that she really likes that I ride her is I can feel like how she relaxes I don't do like hydrosage or anything with her for me it's mainly important that she she um, wants to connect and be very comfortable that doesn't mean that I would not want to do dressage. I think somebody who does beautiful dressage, it's beautiful to dance and Rosita likes to dance. But the reason why I know that she likes to be a witness when, um, when I sat on her back the very first time, just for, for a minute to see if she's comfortable. Um, if I sit on her back, she did this. <sighs> you know? So it's like, that's not something you can force up on any no. horse. It just, and and she does that so many times also when i do um um like work where we're walking next to one another also charmers they many times to just give me those signs where they really feel comfortable and they do and i, I work a lot in liberty with them mm-hmm. i do companion walking that's another thing companion walking and i learned this name through um through lisa walters that's one of the most 
uh, profound, incredible things she can do with a horse to really gain that trust by walking in each other's face next to one another, just walking, mm -hmm. just walking. And there's a lot of healing that's going on there. And I actually learned through somebody, I don't even know if I, I'm supposed to say that, but I guess I'm okay to say that. Because for me, it's very important to say that. Um, uh, two people from HeartMath Institute came to our world premiere, and I mm -hmm. felt so happy and honored about that. And um, when we had tea afterwards, uh, one of them said that uh, he knows people he knows a person who actually is a mediator in, in a high-ranked political situation. And when there is a politician who uh, needs to make a decision between freedom or war, they do companion walking. They don't do it like with a horse, but they do companion walking. Mm. And so for me, when he said that, I could just feel that right away. And it scared me so much. And at the same time, it thrilled me evenly because that's incredible. Mm. Walking next to one another in silence. That is beautiful. And it's sort of, I think it's, it's, it's a reminder again to, um, to just be and just open our senses, you know, open our senses to our environment, to the human next to us, to the animal next to us, and just feel that. Um, I think that a lot of times that, you know, I think a lot of us are very sensitive um, and we're bombarded, you know, with sort of uh, sensations and noise and pollution and everything. And this is sort of, um, we learned to kind of quieten ourselves down. And these are the moments, you know, when you talk about this companion walking with the horses and um, with other people, just to remind us, you know, sometimes in those small little connections, you know, lies so much. I mean, there's, there's wisdom in there, there's support in there, there's love, and there's this energy connection. So, yeah, that is, that is really nice. And thank you for reminding us. Um, <laughs> talk about that. Well, thank you. I, I'm just, I'm so happy and very honored that I can actually um, talk about this with you on this um, public radio station. I think it's, that's a part of me, you know, like you asked me, um, uh, previously what, what brought me um, into like uh, being with horses or working with horses and horses actually asked me to be their voice um, in film and they told me um, you need to help us you, know, you need to do that and when that happened a few years back was I was working actually on another um, script on a screenplay on the environment on the oceanic um, topics which is also like something that's very dear to me and very close to me. And um, I was close to going over to California to, to meet some people and, and talk about the idea about my new script. And then the horses that I passed by um, up in the mountains um, while I was doing the, the research and, and um, just the meditational parts to really get into that um, topic that I was writing on, uh, they, they each time they said you need to do something for us and I said like I'd love to do that but first I need to do the script I said like no 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 you need to do it now so by the time I wanted to go to California this energy the horse voice <laughs> this uh, collective energy stopped me from going there they put in all sorts of barriers that I could not go <laughs> and continue with the other project and then I, I started working on um, what they what they had um, about their ideas and that's when I did actually the, the freedom of the heart, the full story. 
And that that documentary changed some of you know some people's perception, isn't that right? In in Switzerland, that people you know high ranking people, political um, people were, were watching it or discussing the situation, right. isn't that right? right? Yes, I um, with that film, it's uh, I did my own productions where I invited people from from different um, perspectives, professionals and um, breeders to get together and to sit after the film in front of an audience, and um, we had a discussion of what we can do to do a more conscious breeding situation mm -hmm. because what happened before is, and that's just not just with our. Uh, Swiss free mountain horses it's it's worldwide is um, many many horses many breeders just breed so many and there's no demand for it and so what happens is it's just going to end up in a slaughterhouse and that's just mm. not all right that's mm. not breeding that's not being conscious about the life mm. we're deciding about life and death in in a way that is so beyond um beyond any words it's not okay and so i made them aware because sharma is my second horse i filmed her her birth to show her in a documentary about her sensitivity and how perfect they are just from the very moment they're born and, and um when she turned six months old she was in that situation where nobody wanted her and she was like one day before going to the slaughterhouse and even though i always felt like i just wanted to have one horse because you have to think of the future financially and all that i felt like i can't do that i was there when she she did her first breath um and so i i went to the breeder and and i and i got her and i i um she came to to my herd and and um that's another thing that I want to actually talk about, which is really interesting. I told Charmis, you're safe, but mm -hmm. I never promised her that she can stay with me because I didn't know financially if I can, can do that with two horses, but I told her you're safe. And I almost found somebody who was so much in love with her, who wanted to, to have, um, to be her new uh, human companion. But then she was in a situation where she lost her job. She was changing jobs. She wasn't sure if she wanted to get married and have kids. So she said like, as much as I love Charmers, I, I feel like it would not be right to do it right now. Mm. So I didn't really look like um, frantically for somebody new. I just knew until she Charmers is three, she's gonna be safe with me anyways. And then all of a sudden Charmers told me, why are you looking for people? I chose you <laughs> and it's like whoa okay so and um, the moment I really also had her passport made with her name and my name the mm -hmm. changed completely the energy because then there was some commitment mm -hmm. and that's something that happens also you know like well, if you commit yourself with your heart and that's that's heart energy it's not yeah. what's actually written on the paper but it's from the heart why you write this paper and horses can feel that and that changes the relationship profoundly you know what it's um that reminds me of human humans feel that as well if you make that com um, connection or you know the commitment when you go to church or when you go to to you know when you get married and you sign that piece of paper or you say yes you know i am committing to this it does make a difference. So um, yes. it's funny how, you know, they're parallel. Yeah, see, there's a parallel. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, there's, and, and like you said, it's, sometimes it's so difficult to, 
to not say like, well, we're making, we're interpreting something into horses or animals as such, um, which is too human. But when you coming back to what makes it so special to be like a soul worker is that's the information. It's all information, right? And love is information. And, and you can see, for example, in the film, uh, especially when, when Sarah or when the youth are working with the horses, what they show you at the beginning and what they show you when they spend a bit more time with them in front mm-hmm. of the camera and how the, the eyes of the horses start to change, the entire energy around them. Mm-hmm. And even people who may not see the energy, they can feel that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that's um, true. and that's, that's exactly, that's, that's, that's information. It comes from the heart and it's pure. It is. So, yeah, it, it is actually beautiful. And you can see, um, you can see those changes. I think it's amazing what those foster kids, how they present themselves in front of the camera, um, how clear they are. And uh, I think it's a beautiful project. And um, yeah, where can we see this wonderful um, <laughs> film, all of us? And um, when and w- what are your plans for the film? So actually, um, I'm already uh, booked solid for Montana. That is uh, at the Equus International Film Festival in Montana, Missoula, on March 14th to 17th. And then um, I'm sending in also the film to a few more um, special uh, film festivals where for me it's always um, interesting to do it um, to go to film festivals and not just do it right into distribution right. because the exchange the exchange of, of the audience uh, with the people I always try to have some of the people who are in the film present there together with me when we do Q&A's and to really also have time afterwards to exchange information mm-hmm. and and um, spread the voice of, of the horses in a certain way. So, okay, coming back, um, I need to do subtitles for Switzerland and Germany. <laughs> so that will still take up a little bit of time and budget. And uh, so next year for sure, I'm gonna bring it uh, to Switzerland also in 2019. And I might wanna look into Germany as well. I don't yes, know exactly please. the <laughs> yet. I also will uh, bring it back to California to where it all started, to Santa Rosa, because I want to do another fundraiser for the Pony Express. Um, We still have to look at the date because I might want to combine it with another film festival together, but definitely in the presence of the youth. And I already know like uh, for Montana, and I cannot mention the other really sacred place yet, and I hope they're going to accept our (laughs) film, but then I'll let you know. How um, do people find the information? What, do you have a website or how do people um, get in contact with you the best? The best is probably uh, through like Facebook that okay. I would be posting, posting right. where it would be show and where. And uh, I don't know how it works. Uh, if you're going to um, put that somewhere about the Facebook address or yes. so people yes. can look it up. And, and but it's under your name or is it uh, your company's name, your, your Facebook? It's actually, it can be both. It can be under Yolanda Ellenberger or okay. it can be also the Tier Communication. Okay. Okay. So that actually sort of brings us <laughs> right to the end of this lovely talk. I actually think we could have talked a lot longer than we have. And uh, we have talked for nearly an hour. So, um, 
because I think it's, it's actually, it's a wonderful and beautiful project. And I think, or projects, this, this is a beautiful project. And I'm sure that I've seen the film that you did before, The Freedom of the Heart, The Fall Story, which was very, very touching and uh, very beautiful. And I, I just love that you listen to the horses, to the messages, and you take that on board and you go out there and you be the voice of the animals and, and you know, the horses. And you want to bring awareness to people with your, with your you know, art, with your with your project, with your craft. And I think it's, it's really, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yolanda, for, for your work and for your sharing and for coming on the show today. So yeah, it was thank you beautiful. so much. And may I just um, let you know about like the one message that the horse um, and soul hurt, heart and soul hurt just um, brought in. It's like being seen is the most powerful Form of love and I would like just to share that with all of you thank you thank you so much being seen yeah this is sometimes where we don't what we don't do enough I feel this is something very small but it's so powerful to really see one another and yes. as we are yes thank and you so okay. much <laughs> Very nice. Thank you so much, Miriam. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you, Rosita. Thank you, Yolanda. Um, and what, what I'll do now is I'm, I'm inviting you to stay for a little, little meditation that I will be reading in, in a moment. But what I do first is I, I close down our chat, our interview, just in case if somebody is, is driving. So we'll, we'll close this. And then we have the meditation so that people, if they're on the road, they can stop the uh, podcast, the radio show, and then they can, when they get home, listen to the meditation. So, um, yes, join me in the meditation, Yolanda, if you, if you wish. And then, oh, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, thank you so much. And let me know. I will, I will post the, uh, the, the upcoming dates as well for the, for the film. Um, so we can um, share the awareness, bring the awareness. So uh, thank you so much, Yolanda. Thank you. So thank you, everyone. So now we're coming to the little cozy time um, of the animal wisdom stories. And uh, just a re uh, reminder, if you're driving or if you're in a situation where you need all your senses, do not follow this meditation. Um, but you can always come back, re-listen to this little meditation. You can also, this is a short meditation, you can also come back and stay a little bit longer within this meditation if you like. So if you um, just sit somewhere comfortably, you can lie down if you want, or you can just sit in the, on a chair and uh, close your eyes. And then you take a deep breath in. Hold the breath for a moment and then you exhale. When you exhale, you just let go of all your tensions and worries. Take another deep breath in. Hold for a moment and then exhale. There's nothing you have to do at this moment. Just relax. 
You can feel your muscles relaxing and becoming soft in your face, your jaw, your shoulders are dropping, your arms are relaxing, your belly, your back is getting soft and your legs are very relaxed. You can see that you're walking through a forest. The sun is shining and you can smell the colorful flowers all around you. The path you're walking on is covered with soft moss. You come to a tall hill and you feel like you want to go up. You climb up the hill through the lovely tall grass and you can feel the sun on your skin. On top of the hill, you lie down in the grass and you look into the deep blue sky. From the highest place in heaven comes a white horse towards you. He's surrounded by beautiful white light. You look into the beautiful light and feel that you're connecting with this light. Light is coming into you, it's going into your heart and you can feel the light going all around your body. And it's warm and it's comfortable and you feel very safe. The horse comes to stand next to you and softly blows air into your face. You smile. And you feel that you would like to ask this beautiful horse a question. You ask a question that has been on your mind for a while and patiently wait for the answer from this beautiful and wise animal. You receive the answer of your question in your heart and you know that this is your answer. You thank the horse for this message and you close your eyes. Slowly you can come back, move your fingers, your toes. When you're ready, you can open your eyes. But you take with you that message from that beautiful horse and that experience that you had, that connection. I hope you all have a wonderful day and listen to Animal Wisdom Stories again. Thank you and goodbye.